This is the Nothing But Bucks podcast. Now, here's your host, TJ Reeves. Oh, my goodness. A tough Thursday night in Buffalo, New York, as the Bills defeat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 24-18 to on Thursday night football, handing our Buccaneers a third consecutive defeat. And clearly right now, this is a team that is searching and was not able to find answers in Western New York. Welcome in to the official recap podcast here of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as part of the Buccaneers mobile app, Buccaneers.com. I am the somewhat capable, not very well-rested host as we got back in the middle of the night, early Friday, uh, just after 4 a.m. I'm putting the podcast together on Friday morning for it to be out later in the day on Friday. That's what we pledge to you on Nothing But Bucks. It's a recap podcast, highlights, post-game interviews, my insight and analysis from what I saw. You get this the day after games. I've been saying to you for the last few weeks, it's typically on Monday, but even after the Thursday night game and even, even being back in the middle of the night, I'm here for you, peeps. We would be here with a post-game podcast uh, after this game with the Bills. Credit them. They were better. Josh Allen uh, was arguably the best player on the field. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. They were jacked in Buffalo. They were off a loss. They are a contender in the AFC East and in the, in the AFC playoffs, and they played like it last night. And unfortunately for Todd Bowles and this group, uh, as we progress along through the recap and the highlights, not enough plays, and this is three consecutive losses. And right now you got to figure some things out. Because a season that got off to a tremendous start at three and one is now staring at three and four. And we kept saying, don't let the Detroit game beat you a second time. Or now off the Atlanta game, don't let that one beat you as well to have three losses in a row. But that is, in fact, what has happened uh, by virtue of, uh, of the Bills. And I'll be honest with you, this is not rationalizing. This is not uh, history revisionism. Most believe that the Detroit home game and the Buffalo road game on the short rest were going to be very difficult to win because those are two of the teams that are right now in contention to potentially play for a conference championship in the playoffs if they stay healthy, all things equal, if not be in contention to play in the Super Bowl if they play well and things fall right. Is it likely that the Lions or the Bills are either one in the Super Bowl? Probably not. Could both of them be in the NFC title game and the AFC title game? Yes, they could. They're good enough to be there. Those were going to be tall tasks. When you, so when you came off the bye week at 3-1, and one, you're looking at those games, you're not going in thinking we're going to lose. You're not, you're not going in thinking, hey, these teams are better than us. We don't show up. You don't play hard. You don't try. But most around the NFL, most observers, most, pe- most people would look at those games on paper and, and would say, and the Lions were favored and the Bills were favored last night by the odds makers, would say those teams are playoff-worthy teams, uh, not decimated by the salary cap like the Buccaneers have been, playing a lot of young players. Uh, and, and you know, I could give you five other reasons, but you looked at those games and said, mm, very difficult to win, if not losses. So the Atlanta one in the middle is the one that stings. You can't do anything about that. But right now you're three and four with losses the last three weeks against two teams that are really good. That's my point, including Buffalo uh, last night. So anyway, uh, we're ready to regroup. We're ready to go over uh, the highlights, which there were some. We'll we'll chronologically go over the game. I'll give you some more of the insight from what I saw at Highmark Stadium down at field level. Um, And then you're going to hear in the postgame conversations that we had late night, Thursday night with Baker Mayfield, uh, the rookie defensive end, Yaya Diaby, head coach Todd Bowles, all of that upcoming here on the podcast. So again, thank you for finding us on the Buccaneers mobile app, wherever you get the podcast, et cetera. Just to set the scene, I had I had a uh, opportunity and so did a lot of people because we were staying out in Niagara Falls 
uh, in Niagara, New York, which is not actually Buffalo. It's in Niagara County. You had to come in from Niagara uh, for the game on uh, on Thursday night. And so we had an opportunity to go to Niagara Falls. Never been there. Been to Buffalo before with the Buccaneers, but not been to Niagara Falls. Got to see it, put some pictures on social media and be around it. So that was kind of neat earlier in the day. There is no doubt. There is no doubt. The Bills Mafia, the tailgate, the environment, it, it is uh, as good as, if not the best, not just in the NFL, but maybe in all of sports with how rabid they are. Uh, I, I know college football is different in the South and the Southeastern Conference with the rabid following. Certainly Oklahoma, Texas, Ohio State, Michigan have rabid. But I mean, the Bills for the NFL, I know the Seahawks make a lot of noise indoors. The Saints fans, they make a lot of noise. Uh, the, lo- the loud dome environments make a lot of noise. This is outdoors. And these people year round, 12 months out of the year, care about Buffalo Bills. And a lot of them only Buffalo Bills. And they and the tailgating, I think, started on Tuesday. I was out among them outside of, of Highmark Stadium. By the way, they're building the new Bills Stadium in the complex right across the street from the old Rich Stadium, the old Ralph Wilson Stadium that's been there for over 50 years in Orchard Park, New York. It's interesting because when you come in, you're in a neighborhood. You're driving through. It's not unlike Lambeau at Green Bay. You're driving through a neighborhood, and you make a couple of turns on the highway. You see parking lot after after front yard after business parking lot of just ba- a sea of blue and red bills fans tailgating and there's the stadium as you turn through so i'm just giving you insight uh there on the atmosphere the tailgating that had gone on the pregame buildup obviously amazon prime was streaming this all over the globe it was being shown locally in the tampa bay area on fox 13 al michaels kirk herb street uh and everybody there on the call with Amazon, my Lord, Amazon had seven television trucks. You you normally have like three or four, seven of them. That Amazon money, it's uh, it's a a river. It's like the Niagara River where the Niagara Falls is, a river of money, and they and they had they blow it out with obviously their pregame, halftime, postgame staff, production people, the army of people that were there for that broadcast. Again, we're there for radio. We're in a different world. Not near the not near the budget. Not near the bells and whistles. Don't need it. It's radio for me and Gene and Dave and I had to call the game and our staff that was there. Uh, but it was just it was some atmosphere and it was electric. They were in their seats a half hour before the game, forty five minutes before the game, going crazy. Electric playoff type atmosphere. You talk about home field advantage. That absolutely was. All right, so let's get into the highlights and what happened. And what happened is Buffalo started moving the ball. Uh, right away on the opening drive of the game, Josh Allen again shaking off what was a loss to the New England Patriots the previous week where he didn't play well in the first half. They had really struggled in, in three first halves in a row. Sound familiar, Buccaneer fans? But they moved the ball after the Buccaneers were forced to punt on the opening possession. Uh, the Bills moved the ball 10 plays, 77 yards. Bucks, Bucks did early get a first down or two, but the loud crowd uh, was all over. Uh, the Buccaneer offense making it difficult to hear. So after you got the early first down on the pass to Trey Palmer for 15 yards, you backed up. You got a penalty for a false start on on uh, Tristan Wirfs. Very difficult to hear. And one thing Dave Moore's been pointing out, and he's right, in these loud environments in Minnesota, New Orleans, and even outdoors in Buffalo last night, it's got to be worked on. It's got to be addressed. When Baker Mayfield is coming to the line of scrimmage, and you're standing there and standing there reading the defense, and you're standing there and standing there and trying to wave guys in motion, and then you're standing there and standing there 10 seconds, 15 seconds, trying to figure out when the play is, the offensive line has the biggest burden. 
five times the burden trying to remember snap count, time it, the get off, because they've been standing there in lock position. They can't move. And you saw that two or three times again on Thursday, just like it happened in the Superdome when the penalties started cropping up, that offensive linemen are standing there, standing there, standing there, and they can't continue. I'm not saying they're not paid professionals. They can't stand there without hearing and remember and hear and get the check and be able to see it. It was a true home field advantage, and it caused that false start. It backed things up, and then Mayfield uh, threw – uh, incomplete to KDOT on the third down, so you punt. So now Josh Allen gets going and gets a couple of passes, uh, rocking one to Shakir, the young receiver, a couple of them actually, for 13 and for 21 yards. He then finds Gabe Davis, who was a threat. Davis has not been playing well. Those of us, I'll just say, that have him in fantasy football have been lamenting. He's not been getting touches, catches, hasn't been productive. He was productive in this game last night. And Davis got a couple of early catches to help the rhythm of the offense. It picked up first downs. Eventually, the Buck defense played bend but don't break. You give up a Tyler Bass field goal. Okay, you're right. Still in the game at 3 nothing. You're getting the ball back. It's the first half. So in the highlights here, we get back into things. And you're going to hear some of these plays that are made by the Buccaneers, at least early on uh, in the game. Um, and uh, in this case, the Buccaneers tried to make something happen. They're able to... Uh, get the ball to Chris Godwin on the handoff on the first play. He put him in motion, got the handoff, got 14 yards on the handoff as he made a couple people miss. Some creativity from Dave Canales, the play caller on that. Uh, you're then able to get a penalty for pass interference. I know the Bills fans are going to argue on that third and five that it wasn't pass interference. It didn't look like there was a lot of contact. I will say this. It does even out as games go on and the season goes on. The Buccaneers, the Buccaneers have had three or four instances in the last couple of games uh, with the Bears and with the Lions, where they were being interfered with and it's not called. Or even worse, the flag is thrown and then it's picked up for no pass interference. So it kind of balanced out on that play. Gave you a first down. Uh, Mayfield, though, again, is under pressure, got hit. Uh, this was a theme last night. He was jittery in the pocket. He was getting hit. He fumbled. He, he got back on the fumble. Then he completed to Mike Evans for about seven yards. Now you're trying to retie the game as we go into the highlights from Gene and Dave on Buccaneers Radio. And here's the call of trying to retie the game on a field goal early on. 50-yard plus field goal attempts this season. Chase McLaughlin, good snap. The spot is down. The kick is able up. Somebody may have blocked it. It's a, it was blocked and tipped at the line of scrimmage, and it floats wide to the left and short. Buccaneers not trying to chase points on the road in a very loud Highmark Stadium. We wanted to tie it with a field goal. It backfired. It's blocked. The second blocked field goal of the year against Chase McLaughlin. The 50-yarder was, in fact, blocked by uh, Shaq Lawson, a former number one pick. And he got his left hand, his left fingertips on it to deflect the ball. I mean, I saw immediately at field level, the ball came out like sideways, line drive, and 20 yards short. That's a, that's a ball that's tipped at the line of scrimmage. Um, and so the Bucks come up empty in that instance and still trailing 3-0 uh, at that stage. Uh, again, in a first half where now the Bills are looking for momentum. And boy, did they find it on the next drive. Josh Allen again going to work in the second quarter. Gets a couple of completions again. Uh, they move into scoring range. They finally get down uh, into scoring range in a 3-0 game with a first and goal. Uh, actually, a first and 10 at the 11-yard line. Allen takes a sack with Yaya Diaby chasing him and able to able to get him down on the uh, the right side of the field, right by the Buccaneer bench, short of the line. So that goes down as a sack. We'll hear Diaby talk about that in a little bit. 
but it leads to this second and long play, and this is what Josh Allen, the former number one pick out of Wyoming, can do with his feet. It'll be his first. Second down, 11. Dropping out of the gun, now running with the football, right up the gut, to the left side. He's going to get into the end zone. Josh Allen, touchdown. Just great athleticism. Ran up the gut, then cut to the left and scored. And I should say, backing up after that touchdown, it was a bad punt uh, after the Bucks had been pinned in down around their own one-yard line, couldn't get out of the end zone, really get, couldn't do anything, couldn't get a first down. A bad punt by Jake Camardo, which has been rare, a line drive punt, was run back inside the Buccaneer 25. That led to the short drive of just five plays, 23 yards. You heard Josh Allen run it in. Um, again, I'm just going to say some things on nothing but Bucks. You knew this guy was going to run, especially through the middle of the defense. And to not have a spy some of the time, to not have guys coming up from safety uh, deep, to be able to at least put a hit on him there. He, he ran through the middle of the defense, cut left, and still nobody lays a hand on him, basically, going in for the touchdown. Again, he's elusive. He's tough. But you're not able, really, uh, to even lay a hand on him. All right, so the Bucks get the ball back. Got to do something. It's 10-0. The crowd is roaring. Uh, folks, I can't stress enough. It was deafening uh, down there. So uh, let's get into the highlights on the next drive here. And that began with this. On a third down play, the Bucks get their best play of the first half so far right here. Here is the snap. Pressure picked up, pass to the near side. Wide open receiver. It's Godwin to the 50, to the 45, to the 40-yard line. Huge play and a missed assignment somewhere by guys in blue. Nobody near Chris Godwin, our best third down receiver. What a huge play. Chris Godwin on the 31-yard catch and run. Again, when Mayfield kept the play alive with his eyes up, there were people that were there down the field at times. Not all the time, and that, that was the case early on in the game there with Godwin. Uh, again, you get a holding penalty after Rashad White took off on another good run. I mean, White ends up getting 26 yards, and I'll name the name. The rookie Trey Palmer is called for holding for the second straight week to call back. A Rashad White long run while he's holding a guy downfield that he doesn't need to be holding. Block him, obstruct him, let White now try to make a play. Even if White doesn't get 26 yards on the play, White easily has 8 or 10 yards without the hole running downfield. Even if, even if Trey Palmer's guy makes the play, just don't hold him. You can't have that. That's got to be emphasized. It's got to be shown on tape right now in the 10-day mini-buy that you're going to hear me reference in the post-game conversations. You've got to show that to the younger players and say, you can't do this. You cannot blow a play up because you're grabbing two handfuls of a guy or wrestling him to the ground right in front of the officials on a run play because it's happened two straight weeks now. So that penalty puts you behind and down in distance. Lou Gedeke then gets a false start. Here we're back to again. I'm not making excuses, but it's deafening. He's having to hold in his stance and figure out what's the change, what's the play change if there is one. You're standing there three seconds, five seconds, seven seconds with Vaughn Miller bearing down at you and others. I can understand where it's difficult to uh, to hold in. That's what makes it so impressive that the Bucks didn't have those penalties in the first game of the year at Minnesota in the loud crowd. So anyway, you get a completion to Chris Godwin for nine yards. Uh, you throw incomplete to Mike Evans, and then you use the weapon that has been Chase McLaughlin here from a long distance trying to get on the board. 57-yard field goal. Had a 50-yarder block. Good snap the spot. The kick is airborne, airborne, long enough, long enough, long enough, and it is good! My goodness, a 57-yard field goal. And there's some shoving and going on 
players trying to separate players. Did I just see a flag? Fifty-seven yards, matching the season long uh, for McLaughlin, and you do get the three points on the brief eight-play, thirty-six-yard drive, and you take the crowd out of the game a little bit, and you have some momentum. You're at this at this stage. You're right there. You're in a one-score game. Just see what happens, and here's why you keep battling in the first half. And this was something we knew would be possible because Josh Allen's been a guy that's had a tendency to turn the ball over, to make mistakes and have plays. As the Bills get the ball back in a 10-3 game, guess who is right there to disrupt Josh Allen and create a takeaway? Bills with 7.40 to go. Cook the running back, dropping back to the ball, batted into the air. It's batted away, picked up, intercepted, intercepted by the box. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Will Golston, we think, is coming with the ball. No, I beg your pardon. Yeah, it's Will Golston. It's, it is Golston. Wild play as Allen's pass is batted by Antoine Winfield Jr., who's been everywhere and was again on Thursday night, making tackles, running down the field, defending passes. There he's blitzing, bats the ball in the air. William Golston's first career interception. Thank you very much. Like an early holiday gift. And you got to take advantage of those situations. You got to catch that ball, get off the field. It's one, one immediate play, a quick change, an interception. And now you got Uncle Mo on your side with a great takeaway by Todd Bowles' defense. And it did not take long to make the Bills pay. First, I thought at field level on the near sideline, the Buccaneer sideline, on the far sideline from TV, on the Buccaneer sideline, I thought this play was going to get in. The bootleg rolls out, dumps the ball off, and is caught by Rashad White, running to his left outside the number 30, 20, 15, 10. Inside the 10-yard line, he goes to the 4-yard line. Rashad White takes a swing pass and runs down the left sideline for a huge gain He's before Christian Thedford brings yeah. him down. That's Rashad White going 20 yards down to the 3-yard line, and the Buccaneers then hurry to the line of scrimmage here, trying to cash in and goal to go. Remember, this team has had its struggles in the red zone the last couple of games, being able to get touchdowns. No problem here, though. Baker Mayfield gets them to the line quickly, gets in the right play, keeps the eyes up, and... Just a tight end in motion, hand the ball off. A, a, a play action fake, the pass into the end zone. It is caught, caught ball, touchdown, Tampa Bay. Chris, Chris Godwin. Godwin has his first touchdown catch of the season, and it comes after a pickoff by Will Golston. Mean Gene Deckerhoff on the calls on Buccaneers Radio. Bam, bam. Takeaway, touchdown, right back in the game, kids, at 10-10. On the connection from Baker Mayfield to Chris Godwin, officially three yards out. So it had not been pretty to this point. But you're right back at level at 10-10 in the game with every opportunity in a full second half still to go to be able to make something happen. Now, this is what was disappointing was from the six-and-a-half-minute mark uh, all the way down to the final couple of minutes of the half. The Bills go on another march uh, here and give them credit because they're able to get into scoring range based on a couple of things. Again, Gabe Davis with a 14-yard catch. And then uh, Jared Allen to Stephon Diggs, who had a decent game, but... Not a, not a huge night. 12 yards for him. And here we go again where the dual threat of Josh Allen is going to show up. This is third and 12. The Buccaneers did a good job of, uh, of stopping uh, Josh Allen on an incompletion. They stopped Jared Cook on a, on a handoff to make it third and 12. This is third and 12 as we pick up the highlights late in the first half. We'll pick him up. Here's the snap. Belt high. Rolling to his right. It is Josh Allen. By the, throws the ball. It's caught ball of the 10. Touchdown, Buffalo Bills. Well, he got Dalton Kincaid, and that's Kincaid's first 
career touchdown grab as a Buffalo Bill. First round draft pick out of Utah and San Diego State and the Bills crowd goes crazy. And again, his genius calling it there. Allen stepped up, rolled out, and, and the defensive line did not do a good enough job of containing him for much of the night. He's able, and he does this to everybody virtually they play. He keeps plays alive with his feet. It's one of his great tactics. But he got outside contain of the defensive line, and now you're compromised if you're Levante David over on that side of the field. Do you come up because he's about to run, or do you stay in the pass coverage zone? It's pick your poison. Do you want to force him to run? Or, or do you want to risk that he's going to throw it right behind you if you leave your zone? And that's exactly what happened. Levante came up because they were concerned about the Allen touchdown run previously. When he comes up the two or three steps, now the tight end is coming right behind him. The Bills are well coached. Ken Dorsey, the former Miami Hurricane and, and Carolina Panther, is the offensive coordinator. They find their rookie, uh, Dalton Kincaid, the rookie tight end. And now it's a 17-10 to 10 game uh, for the... Uh, Buffalo Bills here as they cap that drive off in short order. Nine plays, 75 yards. The crowd rocking again at Highmark Stadium. You can't say enough. You can't say enough about the job they did and uh, and about the what the Buccaneers uh, were not able to do in this game because the, the Bills had the answer uh, there to take the lead by seven. Now, late in the first half, you're trying to get points. You had your timeouts. You had the two-minute warning. Rashad White gets a good 15-yard run right off the opening play. Uh, you then get another penalty for another false start again at midfield with the loud crowd that puts you behind down in distance, second and nine. Baker Mayfield takes a sack uh, after that. Uh, and then uh, this was the interesting situation where you're able to get the ball to Kate Otten for 12 yards when it looked like you had no opportunity to get points. And now the clock is running down. The Bills are not electing to use a timeout during this sequence where they get the sack on Mayfield, where the Otten play happens and the clock is rolling. But suddenly they realize the Bucks are now going to try a 59-yard field goal at midfield. Uh, I know there's been some scrutiny after the game. I, I believe what was happening there is they were going to try the 59-yard field goal had Buffalo not taken a timeout because it would have been the last play of the half. And short of it being blocked, McLaughlin would more than likely get the ball to the goalpost to the end line where there's no return. So either the field goal is good or the half is over. Buffalo saw that. Sean McDermott's a good coach, a playoff caliber coach. And they said, you know what? We got timeouts left. We're not going to let you burn the whole clock to try the field goal. We're going to take timeout and make you decide what to do. I don't think it was there, – there was not ever an issue about going for the fourth down at midfield to give them the ball right there if you miss. I think the thought process was try the field goal. He can get the field goal to the goal post out of the end line where there is no return. Let that be the last play of the half. And when that option was not there, you're kind of in no man's land. Okay, did we try the field goal? No, we're not going to get him. I mean, it's a fourth and eight. They're not going to jump off sides on a field goal to just punt the ball. And so the punt was made. The Bills kneel down on the ball, and we go to the second half. And talking to Todd Bowles at halftime, I said, what has to be – uh, better against Josh Allen. He said, we got to contain him. We got to get the pass rush better. We got to contain him. And on offense, they were just not able to convert uh, third downs. So that's what the head coach obviously had to say. Uh, but out of, out of the locker room, you got to give Buffalo credit. They came with a game plan with adjustments and went right away on a 75 yard drive in nine plays. And this was really a, uh, a killer here in this situation because they're able to drive right down the field, make something happen right out of the locker room, and it ends up uh, cashing in here uh, for another touchdown.
Allen fixes his left leg under center, rolls to his right, looks back to his left, looks back to his left, throws to his left. It is a caught ball, touchdown Buffalo Bills. Allen throws yeah. a dart from one side of the field to the other, and Gabe Davis has his fifth touchdown grab of the season. Allen's third touchdown of the night, one on the ground, two in the air is to Gabe Davis. And I'm going to say again on nothing but bucks, there is no excuse for him being that open. Uh, you saw confusion again in the end zone, in the secondary, in the zone coverage. Uh, I know the Bills had been running some rub routes or pick plays earlier. This was not a rub route. This is Gabe Davis in the middle of the field, breaking to the left, and nobody goes with him. And Josh Allen looks up and says, thank you. Easy pitch and catch. Easy toss for the touchdown. So now you're in trouble. Now, now you're down at this point 24-10 to 10 with what the Bills were able to do uh, out of the locker room. And unfortunately, uh, the Bucks just could not get anything going. Uh, the pass rush on Baker Mayfield a little much. Uh, you couldn't get a first down. Uh, on third and five, he is scrambling, trying to make a play and gets tackled. Again, I thought at field level that Baker began to get a little jittery from the pass rush and wasn't able to stay with reads and looking downfield if anybody's open because people are in his face. He's not as big, big bodies around him. So you punt the ball away. Now, the good news is the defense holds the Bills and forces them to punt at midfield late in the third quarter. But this just became a battle of field position after that. You're not able to pick up a first down again, a three and out uh, again. Uh, not able to run the ball backed up after the Bills had backed the uh, the Bucks inside the five with a great punt. Ch Chase Edmonds gets tackled after two. Edmonds tries to run up the middle and falls down and only gets one. You don't get the first down. You give them the ball right back. And at this point, the game's not over. But at this point, you're in trouble. 24-10, the Bills have the ball back. Uh, a great Jake Camarda punt backed him up to the 17-yard line. But they're able to make some plays to get out of their own end and get towards midfield and pin you in again at the four-yard line with another uh, great punt. Again, it's three and out where you have no field position. Mayfield tried to scramble on second down, and then the pass to the short middle to Chris Godwin was almost intercepted. Uh, Jordan Poyer almost had, uh, had an opportunity to pick six over the middle in the fourth quarter. So you're three and out for the third straight possession. No first downs on any of the three possessions. Field position had something to do with it, but just a struggle. And then we get to the in sequence where the Buccaneers keep playing defense here in, in the fourth quarter, keep making plays, including right here. Get down and two, Bucks jump the gun and a sack made in the backfield by Anthony Nelson. Nelson. My goodness, welcome back Anthony. He had missed the last two games with illness and he comes through like a dart and tackles Josh Allen by the hips and spins him around. So you get that sack on Josh Allen. That is one of, I believe it was three official co uh, collected sacks by the Buccaneer defense. So you're able to make some plays on defense. You're able to hold Buffalo at 24-10. But the end result here is the Bills had made enough plays and had done enough scoring. Now, now you finally get the ball after the Bills killed some of the clock, worked it down to about the 10-minute mark. You're down two scores. You get a false start with the crowd going crazy. Again, you're backed up on another great punt. The unsung punter of the of the Bills did a great job of pinning you in uh, deep over and over again. Sean Martin's his name. Uh, Devin Tompkins made a uh, an attempt at the ball and fumbled the ball. Would have been disaster. Would have ended the game. He fell on it. Luke Gedeke again gets a false start. Backed up. Deafening crowd. I'm going to continue to defend him. Uh, you can't have these penalties, but I, I understand those, those tackles on the end not being able to hear because they're still trying to block, etc. 
So the Bucks now, over the course of 10 minutes, end up going on a drive that is a 17-play drive officially, but it also has penalties on multiple plays that don't count as a play uh, on them, too. You get two fourth-down conversions where the Bills stupidly have illegal contact down the field after Mayfield threw incomplete, uh, incomplete at midfield. You keep the drive alive. Then they sack Mayfield on a fourth down that looks like it's going to basically end the game with three minutes left. But they get a face mask on Phillips grabbing his face mask. New life for the Bucks, and a new life here for Mayfield finally finding Mike Evans down the field. Baker Mayfield dropping, looking, going toward the end zone. Looping, try. Is it caught? Is it caught? Is it caught? Yes, touchdown Tampa Bay. Mike Evans says, throw me the ball, and I can make a play. He does. And the Buccaneers have life with 2.44 to go. What a catch by Evans, and what a throw by Baker Mayfield. That touchdown gave you some hope, gave you some life. You're finally in the end zone with all your timeouts left, and outside the two-minute warning, it officially goes down. On the, that's a fourth down touchdown, too, by the way, as a 24-yard score for Mike Evans. That is his 86th career receiving touchdown by far. The most in Buccaneer history continues to add to that. You then got the two-point play on a deflected ball to Cade Otten, uh, where the, the pass was coming over the middle and tipped at the line, and Otten caught the ball. And a lot of people may be wondering, we talked about this on Buccaneers Radio, down 24-10, you get the touchdown. Why did they go for two there with all their timeouts and the two-minute warning? This is a new wave analytics thing. We were explaining it on Buccaneers Radio that you are uh, you're looking at going for two there down by eight because if you make it, you are now only down by seven, uh, down by nine, excuse, or yeah, down by eight, 24-16. You're going for two there to get within six because now a touchdown and an extra point if you get the ball back wins the game. So the analytics percentages say going for two is about a 50-50 prop. On the two-yard line, it's about a 50-50 chance that you make it. So you're going to look for two two two-point plays. Go ahead on the first one and take the two-point play because if you make it, you don't have to go for two the second time. I'm not saying I agree with this completely. In this situation, I actually agree with it because I think it surprised the Bills that you hustled up there, you went for two. It's a crazy play. It's not, I mean, we're not going to sit here and act like the scheme of the play is the reason why you got the two. But the thought process behind it worked, obviously. Because now if you stop them and you get the ball, you can win the game with a touchdown and an extra point. You don't need the two-point play to simply... Uh, to, to win the game, a, a touchdown, an extra point wouldn't tie the game if you had kicked it twice. If you kicked it twice, it does tie the game. Down 14. Hopefully, I didn't lose you. But at 24-16, the analytics is saying, down eight, go for two here late in the game, especially if you have a chance to get the ball back with timeouts. In the two-minute warning, the Bucks chose to do that. That's advanced stats and what they did. Now, they're able to stop the Bills. The, I was a bit surprised that the Bills, who, who moved the ball, uh, up towards midfield, didn't go for it on fourth down. I know that part of the thinking was Sean Martin, the punter, has been doing a great job of pinning the Bucks in. But if you can get the first down on fourth and one with the Buccaneers basically out of timeouts at midfield, the game is over. You need one yard. You need one yard. But Sean McDermott chose to punt. And then the craziness of the final 30 seconds, the final 21 seconds of the game would play out here where the Buccaneers are down six. Again, a touchdown and an extra point could somehow still win it. Mayfield is able to find Kate Otten out of bounds for seven yards. Buffalo then took a timeout with the clock stop to talk about the play. 
Mayfield found Rashad White for five yards. You're trying to get somewhere near your own 35 or 40 to throw the Hail Mary. Can Baker get it there? Then Buffalo, with a gift, gets the uh, five-yard encroachment penalty on Vaughn Miller. So now you're up at your own 45. Baker's throwing the ball from about his own 40. Here is the final play of the game. Down by six is Gene and Dave Colton. And you got five guys. Mayfield takes the the snap. They give him protection, bounces up to the pocket, drops, drops, looks downfield, throws the ball, up for grabs, Hail Mary time, toward the end zone, toward the end zone, toward, it is incomplete. Buccaneers had a player in the end zone. They had Godwin, and he was, he wasn't covered. I don't know whether he lost the ball or lost his balance, but he was there and could have caught it clean. And that play is going to be dissected as well. Uh, my goodness, Chris Godwin being interfered with. I mean, look, Kate Otten's being interfered with at the one-yard line, two guys sandwiching him. There's three guys surrounding and grabbing Mike Evans to keep him from coming to the ball. Godwin is the free guy, and he just did not pick up the ball right away when he turned. The ball's up in the lights, a high throw. He didn't see it, and it ends up falling right by him. I mean, two feet away is potential victory on that Hail Mary, but it does fall incomplete there as Gene and Dave were describing it. And Buffalo hangs on. They deserved it. They played well throughout the game. They had the lead. They controlled the game. They let the Bucks back in the game. This is why it's a 60-minute game. You never give up. Weird, weird finish with all the fourth down plays where Buffalo was trying to give the game away. On the second-to-last drive, you do get the ball back on the last drive for the Bucs and get the Hail Mary opportunity, but Buffalo does get a much-needed win for them and drops the Buccaneers to three straight defeats. So 24-18 to is the final when the game was over. We went inside that locker room, and here is the quarterback, uh, Baker Mayfield, on the tough night overall for the offense and the loss. Start with getting back in the game on the touchdown drive. What went well, including some penalties that uh, kept the drive alive? Um, yeah, 22-play drive right there. Um, a, lot of, a lot of subs there. Needed the guys with, with fresh legs somehow to come in and make some plays. Uh, yeah, just... Uh, it, it, we had a lot of fight tonight, and that's what that drive was, was the continued belief that we had a chance and we believe in this, uh, where we're headed. Um, we, you know, we shot ourselves in the foot early on with some penalties and, and some missed opportune times that I think um, it continues to be the same story, so we need to get that fixed. But uh, the good thing about tonight was the fight, um, the resilience to be able to come back, and just that determination that we're, we're never out of the fight. So we can work with that. We can get these things fixed and move forward. On the touchdown to Mike, you, you put it up there, you let him go make a play. Yeah, uh, not the best ball by any means, but DB's back's turned. Um, I'm going to give Mike Evans a chance to, to make a play on a football, and, and time and time again, like he always does, he did. So, um, yeah, we're going to take chances like that, especially in down two scores to, to give a one-on-one ball to him. It, it only makes sense. Realistically, where did you think you needed the ball for the Hail Mary there at the end? You did get it to the end zone from the 40, from your own 40. Um, Somewhere right around there, because you can you can get a good crow hop. At. Adrenaline's going, so I'm not real sure. I haven't tested that in quite a while. And then for this team, you get a little mini buy here. Unfortunately, it's it's not a victory, but you get a chance to heal up and try to regroup, right? Yeah, and uh, gives us some time to figure out the little things and talk about the details and, and get these things fixed to where we can come back rolling and, and you know full of passion next week. So we'll see. Mayfield, 25 of 42, 237 yards and the two touchdowns uh, in the game. He will tell you, though, that he he would love to have some of those plays back, especially with his feet, taking the sacks, um, had a chance to get some drives going uh, in the in the second half, three and out, three and out, three and out. It's not going to get it done. He's right. Penalties, too many of those. 
Got to get that corrected uh, as well. Rashad White, by the way, led the Buccaneers with seven catches, 70 yards out of the backfield. He's a weapon. Again, for the running backs uh, in the game, the total is 13 carries, and uh, the end result is 45 yards. Not not good enough. Godwin, again, had a carry, not a running back. One carry, 14 yards. Mayfield had three scrambles total for 19. That includes the sacks. So you were able to make some some plays uh, with your feet if you're Baker Mayfield, but just not nearly good enough. What about the defense? What about the rookie Yaya Diaby, the defense trying to hang in? Again, you were down much of this game, but he had some thoughts on our Hooters postgame show after this was over with late Thursday night into Friday morning. It's a hard-fought football game. What about the defense hanging in in the fourth quarter to give this team a chance? Let's begin there. Oh, man, we just I, – I say as a defense, we just wanted to fight. Coach was telling them to fight, and that's all we know as a defense is to fight. And we were trying to give our offense the opportunity to get out there and, and capitalize. So that's where it started. You were able to get a sack. You were credited with a sack there in the first half. You guys got some pressure on Josh Allen, but he made some plays. What was it like to go against him tonight in this game? Man, I feel like we should have got there more. We should have got there more. Um, I thank God for um, giving me a sack, but we had to get there. We got to get there. Like we got to get more pressure on them as a, as a D-line. As a defense, you guys have had some trouble on third down. You get 10 days now to try to regroup. What has to be better on three, on third down moving forward? Just like I said, we got to get to that quarterback. That's, that's what we got to do. We got to come in and watch film and, and just work with each other more, just work with each other better and just get to that quarterback. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Diaby was credited. With the sack, also had another tackle for loss in the game as well. Um, and again, uh, Josh Allen deserves credit for his mobility. The Bucks, uh, again, I'm looking at the official stats, only officially credited with two sacks in the game. And Allen was able to make plays with his feet in this one. Three total touchdowns. He comes up uh, officially running the ball with seven carries, 41 yards. He finishes 31 of 40, 324 in the two scores. Too much time to throw. Too many open receivers, uh, too many third and long conversions. I mean, at one point, I think they had converted six of eight on third down in the game. Not good enough uh, for the Buccaneers. They finished seven of 13. You were able to get some third down stops later on uh, in the game. So when this was done, head coach Todd Bowles, obviously frustrated in defeat. And we go to our postgame conversation uh, after the 24-18 Bills win. Uh, you were able to get back in the game in the fourth quarter. Let's start there. What did you do well to get stops? And eventually you did get in the end zone for the second time tonight to put the game back on. Well, Baker scrambled around a little bit and bought himself some time and found some open guys down the field that allowed us to claw back into the ball game. You got the touchdown to Mike Evans. From what you recall on that play, he was just saying to us, uh, Baker, that I got I to gotta get the ball and give him a good ball to make a play. Describe what you saw on the touchdown, if, if you would. I was a crossing route. The DB had his back turned. Uh, Baker got a good throw up, and if you can get the ball in Mike's area, he, he's got a good catch radius. He came down and made a great play. I know we were talking uh, on the broadcast late. It's an analytics thing there to go for two because you're looking to get the stop and now maybe have a chance to win the game with a touchdown and an extra point, right? And we had a chance. You'd like to stop him on that one third down and give us a little more time, but we gave ourselves a chance. Uh, Josh Allen, uh, assess what you saw out of him, not just throwing the ball, but also with his feet in this game. How big a factor did he end up being? Well, it was huge. Uh, Josh, you know, his feet allowed him to throw the ball better. He didn't sit back in the pocket. 
Uh, first half, he had a little bit too much time. He got out of the pocket on us on the touchdown run that was that we can do a better job at coaching and playing. Then he hurt us with the little things, just the nuances of him moving around kind of got us in trouble a little bit. Third down has been a problem. You're now going to have 10 days to try to regroup and work on things. What needs to be better moving forward here, especially on third down? Communication. We, we got to have communication back there to understand what we're doing on third down. We do it sometimes and sometimes we don't. It got to be it got to be a premium. It has been. It's got to continue to be. We'll work for different things to get that better. Levante David, I know I don't get tired of asking about this name. He unofficially had 14 more tackles in this game. Can you just say something about the way he played and how hard he played again tonight? Uh, tough. Tough, one of our leaders, our captains, practices what he preaches, goes out and plays to win the game all the time. Everybody follows him. Can't say enough good things about him. You just now have to regroup and get ready for Houston. You get a little extra time here to try to heal up, but that's the next challenge, right? It's always the next challenge. You know, lick your wounds. I love the fight that we have. We just got to be smarter. Tough night all the way around for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on a Thursday night in Buffalo. Credit the Bills. They were the better team. Again, they're a playoff contending team and they played like it uh overall in this win over the buccaneers who remain winless in their history zero and three all time now in trips to western new york to play in a regular season game so as you heard the conversations you now get a mini buy on this weekend to rest up some injuries i know tristan Wirfs was battling an injury to his right side and his left leg uh logan hall battling a groin problem in pregame warm-up uh, Vita Vea couldn't play because of a bad groin at defensive tackle, so the Bucks were a bit shorthanded. You've got to heal up here on the bumps, the aches, the pains, and get ready now to play the Houston Texans coming a week from Sunday. Uh, we'll see what happens uh, in H-Town coming up uh, out of the AFC South division. You're going to see several more AFC South teams with the Tennessee Titans and the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Indianapolis Colts still to come. you got the Titans and Jags at home. Houston with rookie quarterback C.J. Stroud. Obviously, first-year coach D'Amico Ryans, the former Houston Texan linebacker, is back as the head coach. He had been the 49ers defensive coordinator. That's going to be the next opponent a week from Sunday. And you've got to regroup, folks. Uh, I mean, I saw in that locker room last night some dejection. At the same time, though, you've got veteran players. Uh, you've you've got guys like Shaq Barrett, like Levante David, like Antoine Winfield on the defense, like Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Baker Mayfield as a veteran, Tristan Wirfs as a veteran, et cetera to try to lead this team, lead these young players, and snap out of this in Houston at Reliant Stadium coming a week from Sunday, November 5th. That'll be the next contest with the Buccaneers at 3-4 and four getting ready to play the Houston Texans. We will obviously be back with a Nothing But Bucks podcast on Monday, whatever happens. Hopefully you're back in the win column, back at 4-4, four and four, and the next home game is the Tennessee Titans at home in the following week. We look forward to all of that here uh coming up all right for now though that will do it my thanks uh for the help with john mamola and all the staff at uh 95.3 wdae and buccaneers radio getting me the highlights getting me the uh post-game interviews jeff ryan's our director of broadcasting there you go the bills win it on a thursday night 24 18 on thursday night football thursday night not so good to the buccaneers take some time to rest up figure some things out cut down on the penalties figure out how to sustain some drives early and get some points Let's see if the Bucs can be better against the Houston Texans on November 5th. That's the next time we will join you. Make sure you're following, subscribing on the podcast feeds to nothing but Bucks. Buccaneers mobile app, Buccaneers.com. We'll be on the air uh, with Buccaneers Radio noon Eastern time for that game with Houston on Sunday the 5th. 
One o'clock is kick time from Reliance Stadium. We're back on Monday to recap it all with highlights, interviews. We're here for you as the official recap podcast of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm TJ Reeves. Thank you for being with me on the latest edition of Nothing But Bucks.